0: Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco. Thanks for spending a few minutes with me. My name is Jeff Harmon. I'm the hobbyist editor at improvedphotography.com and the host of this podcast. And if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, you really need to facebook.com slash group slash photo taco. Go ask to be a member. I'll do my best to validate you're not a robot or a spammer. Let you in. We really want to try to keep the group clean, but it's hard to do. Anyway. Um, one of the things that you'd miss out on is my being corrected on all things. <laughs> when I make mistakes on the podcast, it doesn't take uh, 24 hours and it is set straight on the group. And I appreciate it. I really do. I'm, I'm grateful that we have such smart people out there to help where I mess up. I don't want to perpetuate incorrect information. So I do appreciate it. And I've got one of those things that I need to correct from last episode uh, last episode, I said something about uh, toward like the focal length of a lens. The number came from a standard on 35 millimeter cameras, and that's not strictly true. The number came from, from where the focus of the lens, the, the point in the lens where the, the light's being focused, the distance between that point and the film in the back of the camera or the sensor today that's how the number came to be. So when you had a, a 50 millimeter camera lens, a prime lens is 50 millimeters, the point where the focus happens in the lens and the the distance between that point and the back of the film, the back of the sensor was literally 50 millimeters. Or on an 18 millimeter lens, the lens is much smaller and the distance between that focus point in the lens and the, the film or sensor, it was 18 millimeters, the actual distance. The problem is, that means nothing. At least to me, it means nothing. I think most photographers, that doesn't matter. Who cares what that distance is? That doesn't, you're not thinking about that when you go to pick a lens. Oh, I really need one that has 50 millimeters between the focus point in the lens and the sensor. No, that's not, we don't care about that. What we care about is the field of view. And that's really what I was trying to get at. And that the relative field of view stuff really is, Around what the full frame and film sensors from 35 millimeter cameras were. So, anyway, correction there. I'm glad, <laughs> glad to get it right. And uh, thanks for the help with that. Today's topic comes from Twitter. And it was a while ago, but JK Ducks fan asked for tips processing multiple images in Lightroom and the difference between presets, copy and paste, and sync. And when I first read the question, the first part of it, I thought with multiple images, he'd be talking about HDR or panorama, since you have to take multiple images and combine them together into a single shot. And Lightroom 6 just added that not very long ago, so where you can actually do that inside of Lightroom. But instead, because of the latter part of this question, I think what he was getting at was, he'd really like to understand the differences between presets, copy, paste, and sync. And kind of what can we do to speed up our Lightroom editing? And so I, I'm gonna go just a little broader than what JK Ducks fan wanted me to, and hopefully I'll hit the mark on answering the question. But I wanted to talk about the how do I go through thousands of photos I may take back from a photo edit session and deal with them? How do I work through them as fast as possible? We we, I I personally enjoy the time I spend post-processing. I'm a, I'm a very technical guy. <laughs> I, I'm a nerdy guy and I like it. I enjoy that part. Um, it's fun for me, but I understand it's not fun for everyone. And even though I enjoy it, there's parts of it I definitely want to get through as fast as I can. And I've got other things going on in my life. I can't spend eight hours working on a photo session. It just, that becomes something impractical. So, I want to talk about kind of first off the two different types of photo sessions that I have. Um, I don't shoot everything. I don't shoot all types of photography. I leave that up to Nick Page, who does an amazing job doing all types of photography. He's like a master of everything. It's amazing to me. But for me, I focus on really kind of two very specific things. I do landscape and I do family portraits. I dabble in some other stuff, just playing around and trying to learn. But those are the two things where I, I really have sessions to go through, photo sessions to go through. The landscape's for me. The landscape is just something I really, really love to do just for myself. I love to get out in nature. It's a, it makes me get out of my house and go see something. And I need that in my life. And uh, And then I, I appreciate the beauty of the nature. I like the technical challenge of trying to capture the scene, given the equipment that I have. It's it's really a lot of fun. I enjoy that a lot. And I'll come back from a landscape shoot when I've gone out with hundreds at least to thousands of photos. And similar for family portrait shoots, I'll come back with usually thousands of photos, mostly because, But well, and the reason I wanted to talk about the two different things is because the the types of photos that I get are different and the way that presets or copy paste and sync will work and help me are different between those two things. So I wanted to illustrate that a little bit. I think it helps to, um, I, to understand the functions of those things a little better. Here's the difference. With landscapes, I may have a whole bunch of shots of the same composition, the same scene that I was getting, but they're usually gonna be different exposures because I bracketed, or they're gonna be different compositions as I'm trying to figure out what's gonna look the best fitting in the frame. So the subject matter may be really close to the same, But my, the photos are going to be pretty different, really, unless I did uh, panorama would be one where I need to have the processing look exactly the same on a whole bunch of different photos, so that I can stitch them together and not have it look weird. Uh, But in general, there's not a whole bunch of copy and paste or sync I can do between those, uh, because they're very different on either the exposure or the composition. So I may have I hope that makes sense that it just, it's really kind of different. Whereas on family portraits, when I come back, oh yeah, I'll have 50 (laughs) of exactly the same group of people sitting in the same spots with exactly the same exposure. And the only difference is they're moving just a little bit in between every single shot and sometimes smiling better or have their eyes open or closed or whatever it might be. And I'll take a whole bunch because I want a bunch of choices. I want to try to capture, especially if there's kids involved, I want to try to get them with a real smile on their face, looking at the camera, uh, my wife does a fantastic job of getting the kids engaged and, and helping them to be happy that we're taking photos and get involved in, and want to do this. And I just fire away while she's doing her magic. And, um, but I'll end up with, like I say, like 50 of exactly the same photo with them moving just ever so slightly in between. And I need to apply the same settings. And that's very different from my landscape stuff. So it kind of depends on what you're shooting and how you use Lightroom and what your shooting style is as to how helpful these things are, but they certainly can be very, very helpful in reducing the amount of time it takes to edit a session. So let's let's talk about then, let's say you just dumped your SD card to your computer, you have them, uh, and you're now ready to go import into Lightroom. You, uh, at that point, you have the option to apply a preset. And it might be a good option. If you're doing, if if I'm doing the family portraits, I frequently will apply a preset because there's there's some sliders I do pretty much identical for every family portrait shot I do. I have some some presets that I may try. Um, I usually actually use exactly the same preset every time I import the family photos. And then I usually go and change my mind a lot <laughs> on, on what I'm gonna do, but I, I start with that because I really want to get an idea about if some of the post-processing is applied, how does this image look? And here's why. Because after I'm done importing them, the next step for me is to cull the photos. And I'm gonna pause there just for a second to really make that clear. Cull, C-U-L-L. So many photographers say this flippantly, like, oh, everyone understands what cull is. But I'm gonna pause just for a second and say, Cull is the word, C-U-L-L. So that's the first thing. They usually like say it so fast, like, what did they say when I was first learning it? Plus, that, what that means is it's just the process of throwing out the really bad ones or, or going through and saying, oh, that one has potential to be a really good one. And there are shortcuts in Lightroom that can really help you with this. So while we're on the topic of improving the speed of editing a photo shoot, uh, really important, I think, to talk about the flagging mechanism. Now there's, there's also stars and there's colors that you can apply in Lightroom. But I really find that the flagging is the one I like the best. It's the one that's most useful for me, but you can use any of them. Starring, um, the key, there's keyboard shortcuts for that where you can do a number of stars for a photo, one, two, three, four, five. Use the numbers on your keyboard, one, two, three, four, five. You can set the number of stars. Um, or f- but flagging to me, makes more sense as I'm trying to go through and decide which of the photos are definite no's. Like this photo has no chance. It was way blurry and therefore has no chance. Or I missed the exposure so badly, even raw can't save me. Or uh, the people's eyes were so closed. (laughs) It's not useful. Their mouth looks weird, whatever it is, whatever reason you might decide this thing can never see the light of day. It is an absolute 100%. No, I need to get rid of it. Then you can mark it by hitting the X key. And that marks it as rejected. Is the term that Lightroom uses when you describe it. It's been rejected. And I but I think of it as Xing it out because it's the X key. I'm Xing out that photo. It's a definite no. It has no chance of ever being used because it's got something wrong with it. And you end up with those. That's, it's, that's how it is. You end up with those shots. Even professionals who, even Nick Page, <laughs> who's a master at photography and really, really good, and, and Jim Harmer, they end up with photos that aren't good. It just is part of the reality. Thank goodness we have digital cameras, or are we not paying for those exposures in film? But you end up with those, and that's okay. It's part of being a photographer in the digital age. We are accepting of that and we just get rid of them and don't use them. So X going through them, and I go through my photos as fast as I can to do that. I cull my photos, and I spend literally one second or less on each one. Go through, and as soon as Lightroom shows me the image, I spend less than a second to decide is this a potential keeper or an absolute no. Potential keeper doesn't mean it's being kept for sure, but it mean it, it might spare it from the X, <laughs> but um, I spend less than a second on each one. If it's an X, I hit the X and then move to the right. If it's not an X, then it's, I just move to the right and I go through every one of the photos as fast as I can doing that. And usually when you're done, then the beautiful part is you can go and now you can say Lightroom, filter out the photos that I just marked as rejected with the X key. And it will show you only the, fla- the photos that weren't flagged. And, now, and then I go through them again. And this time as I'm going through them, I may choose to mark some as being good photos. And that's with the P key for pick. You're picking the photo saying, Ooh, I think this photo is going to end up being a good one. So I'm going to do a P on it. And it takes a little longer for me to decide that I want to do a P because I may need to look between the, especially if it's a family photo, photo shoot, I may need to look between the 10 photos that are around it to see, well, let's see, is their smile better here or there, or is there their eyes, it looks like maybe they're starting to close their eyes on this one, you know, evaluating which one it is. And then I may arrive, okay, I think this is the one that's the best and hit P. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to deliver the other photos to the family. And we've had discussions on this on improved photography. Uh, Nick is very clear (laughs) that he will not deliver anything but the P photos (laughs) to his clients. Um, I choose to send all of them because I feel like I'm not a good judge about whether or not that smile on that kid is their real smile or whether or not Maybe they like the fact that the kid was being a stinker and wouldn't smile. And they decide, you know what? That's how they were this time. That's how they, <laughs> that's what they were this time. And I kind of like that. They may want to choose one of those. And if I got rid of it, they don't even have the chance to choose it. So I don't deliver the X ones. I don't deliver those that I'm definitely were knows, but I deliver everything else. But I will mark it with a P just because... I want an indicator when I'm coming back through later to say, you know, this one was one that I really thought was a good one. I want to focus on it for a little bit. I want to spend more time on that photo. All right. Anyway, so that's probably more detail than JK Ducks fan wanted. <laughs> so I was answering this question, and the episode's ending up longer than I thought it would be. All right. Let's say now you've finished culling your photos. I hope everyone got that culling your photos. And now you're ready to try to change maybe the, the look of them and let's say it's the family photo shoot because that's the one that where it applies the best. That's where copy and paste or sync will will apply the best. I probably already applied a preset when I imported the photos. And then I'll go and I've I've gotten rid of all the bad ones, the really, really bad ones. And now I'm starting at like the very first photo that is not has not been rejected. And I, I look at it and I think hmm what should I do with this? I need. I want to get it to the family as fast as possible, or uh, decide narrow down my landscapes to the fewest number to work with. But let's let's do the family session, and I'm going to try some other presets. I may not click on any of them, but at least I'm going to go through the presets and I'm going to go look what does this photo look like with some other presets. The the family photo. What does it look like with some other presets applied? Because I may decide that a different preset than the one I used on import. Is look makes this this image look better. It may have a a warmer feel to it that makes it look better than the preset I I applied on import, or a cooler feel, or whatever the preset has in it. I may decide, oh, I really like that style on this photo better. And by doing that, I now change that one photo to be different than all the rest, right? I imported all these photos, I applied the same preset to all these photos, but I changed this one photo to be actually very different because I chose a preset that was really, really different from the rest. And now what do I do? Okay, so this is illustrative. It's not how I actually work through it, but let's say you now want to apply that exact same preset to all the other photos. If you have, let's say you narrowed it to 300 photos and you want to apply that changed preset from that first photo to all of them. Well, your first step would be to select all the photos. You can do Control A, Command A to select them all. And when it does that, that's another thing to explain is how selection works in Lightroom. Selection changes the photo color of the background. You kind of have a grayish sort of surrounding the photo. You have a, a border that surrounds the photo in Lightroom. And when it's unselected, it's a darkish kind of gray around the edge. When it's selected, it's brighter. It's like a whitish color. It's not quite fully white, but you have, you can have multiple images selected. And when you have multiple images selected, there's something called the active photo. And that one's going to be even brighter than the rest and that's important because when you use sync those it's the settings from the active photo that over that get written to all the rest of them. All right, so in our example, 300 photos, you are on the first photo, you press control a or command a to select all, and now every photo looks brighter around the borders except the first photo. And that one's gonna be even brighter because it's the active photo. And that's the one that we applied the different preset to. So now if you hit the sync button, it's going to apply all of the settings from that active photo to all of the rest of the images that are selected and change all of them. So essentially you have applied the preset now, the same preset to all of those other photos and that's how sync works. It applies every single setting of the active photo to all of the other photos that are selected. That's an important distinction to have. All right, now copy and paste. That one works a little differently because you can select, you can choose which of the settings you want to copy and paste to the other photos. Same principle with the active photo versus the selected photos. If you have a 10 selected and, the, and one of them is brighter than the rest then and that's the active photo. When you hit command shift C or control shift C to copy, it will, co- you, it will bring up a dialogue box that asks you which of all the settings of the photo, which of all the sliders or checkboxes or whatever controls you may have done, which of all of those things do you want to copy? and you can pick which one. So you may wanna use this if you've already gone through the photos and you've done some cropping, let's say, and you don't want to mess with the cropping on any of them. You could do a Command-Shift-C or Control-Shift-C on the active photo and then make sure that none of the cropping effects are checked. And then you can do a Command-Shift-V or or Control-Shift-V and paste the settings And all of the settings except for those that would have impacted cropping will be applied to the other photos. So you can selectively decide which of the settings you wanna copy and paste. And that can be very valuable too. I use both. I use all three. I apply presets on import. I play around with presets on each photo as I'm working on them. And then when I get to a point where I have this image looking really good and I want that same look on a, a bunch of that look exactly the same or very, very, very similar, I may use copy and paste or I may use sync. It just depends on if I wanna try to protect a setting or not. If you If you want every setting copied, you use sync. If you want to selectively pick all but a few or even just one setting that you wanna copy between, then you use copy and paste so that you can pick just the one that you wanna do. I've had that too, sometimes I will, uh, think I'm done. But then I go to another photo down the line in that. And, and I decide, oh, I really actually want to change the highlights just a little bit more. I want to make it just a little bit different. And then now I've made that one photo different from all the rest and I go sync that back and I'll sync just the one setting um, to make sure that I don't touch anything. Or I may I may have changed a few settings along the way on some of the photos because they need just a little different thing. But I decide the one setting of highlights I want to change on all of them, that's in an area where I will pick just the one setting. So there's the difference and how I use them. And I hope that kind of helps you understand the keyboard control shortcuts because that really makes things go faster if you can use that. So let's, let's review those real quick just to, so you can have them. X for xing a photo, P for picking a photo to set the flag, and if you want to remove, I didn't think I don't think I talked about that. If you want to remove a rejection setting or remove the pick setting, you push U for unflag to just takes the setting off. Um, I use those to do calling, really really good. I do use the stars too if I really if I come across one in my photo shoot landscapes especially that I think is just awesome. I may three or four star it. And then if I continue working on it, eventually I may five star it because I want to find those five star photos later. So I do use the star system too, but not for culling. It's for uh, like overall library catalog management. All right. So there's those settings. And then um, and then there's copy and paste is used to copy settings that you choose which of the settings you want to copy to multiple photos. There's sync which will sync every single setting that you've got on a photo over to the other photos. And there is presets, which are just a a way to save off the, the way that you configured specific sliders and now apply that same way that you set those sliders automatically for you. So you don't have to go through each one and set them. And that's what a preset is. So I hope that helps. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked it or liked my other podcast episodes, please pop in iTunes, give us a review. It really, really helps. We've actually had the listenership of the show grow recently. Uh, I really appreciate that. It's really helped me a lot. Um, be sure to visit improvephotography.com too. If you're not going out there at least once a week, you're missing out. Uh, we have some excellent content, news gear, photo tip articles, stuff that you're missing out on a lot. More than what I, I'm including in these podcasts, you've got to go check out improvephotography.com all the time. It is the best way to improve your photography. Photo views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Ole!